and welcome to episode 28 of the 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about Rancid. I'm Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. I'm Sam Mellencon from Debacle Records. And each week we pick a Rancid song and talk about it and all our complicated feelings with it and with them. Um, <laughs> this week was my pick and... I would, in an effort to try to talk about Indestructible in a less negative way. Well, I don't, we'll, anyway. We'll see about that. Yeah, I, I, I was trying, I, I, anyway, we'll get into it. This week's song is Memphis. Memphis was on um, Indestructible, of course. Came out in September 2003. Written by Tim and Lars. uh, Produced by Brett Gerwitz. Vic plays on it. I don't know if he's considered a guest musician at this point in their (laughs) career. If he's just more the fifth member. Um, And yeah, so Memphis. Kind of one of the first things that I think is weird so i don't remember the name of it there was that there's you you sent me a link to a couple weeks ago this some other like a ska podcast that was doing like a ranking or a bracket of best uh rancid ska songs oh yeah and it's kind of this is one of the ones that was in the list and it's kind of weird because i don't really think of this as like one of their ska songs yeah that's a good point i mean because it's got like the got like a sort of off kilter beat in uh organ they're like ah it's a ska song but really it's kind of like a, I mean, it's a little like the verses have kind of a transplants <clears throat> excuse me a transplants like a pseudo hip-hoppy thing going on right and then but like the big song is kind of like this barrel house like rocker like it's not <laughs> right. it's yeah not, i mean the core, like the chorus, to me wouldn't like sounds like something that wouldn't be out of place on Life Won't Wait, but not like in the ska reggae. Like it's you know it's kind of got that. Um, it's a little r- bit of a rave up. Yeah, up. right. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that's weird. so. It's weird to me that if the, I wonder if this is considered one of their ska songs, and if so, that doesn't make any. Sense yeah, is it on Moonstompers? I guess that's the they must have been doing oh, that. Maybe on, so. On. I bet it is. Which is we like it's not. It's not a Scott song. It's, it's not, not a like Scott. even a rock steady song. No, it's like not even. It's it's in a totally different world. Um, while you're looking that up, mm-hmm. um, it's funny. Like I've listened to the song a bunch of times since I picked it. <laughs> I still don't quite know how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think we had similar things where we were thinking, oh, time to come back to indestructible. And like we we kind of talked about the two big singles, right? Which have a lot of loaded parts to them, as we were kind of alluding. Yeah, to. yeah, yeah, yeah. But and it was like I went through that exact same thing. It was funny when I was ended up on Jimmy and Johnny. Uh, Memphis <laughs> was on my list. A couple other ones were on this, but I was listening to it, and I'm really finding that like I have a real big 
it's like I don't fully love anything on Indestructible. There's parts I like. Yeah. And it's rare that I like both the lyrics and the music at the same time. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm looking over the I'm looking at the track list again right now and I'm just like I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that there is a single song on here. If I, you know, if someone was like, make me a compilation of like mm-hmm. 30 rancid songs that you love. Oh, yeah. Like, would you pick even a single one for me? I don't think I would. Like, and I think, and honestly, if I was, I don't know, I mean, 30 is an arbitrary number, so I sure. may, re- but like, I think I would pick something from Troublemaker before I pick something from this. Yeah, this is the interesting how this has become this like referendum on Troublemaker versus this, but it's it's true. This is where the the tension is. It's like we love the ones we love, but it's like what falls above and below the line of like good rancid. Yeah, and in a lot of ways like this. I we should also acknowledge for people who are like kind of in rancid or didn't miss this album. Like, I think this is their highest selling besides an outcome the walls. And yeah, it came out ten years later, and it um, for a lot of people, this is entry point. This is this is wave two entry point into Rancid. This is if you're younger, if you're like a younger millennial or Gen Z, a lot of people are going to tell you to listen to this album. A lot of people have a lot of good feelings about this album, right? Uh, and and that, uh, yeah, I mean, I really and we kind of I think we said this a couple episodes ago. I don't remember what we were talking about, but um, I really want to hear from people who like this was their Oh yeah, I, I, I want I want feedback. On, like I want to, I don't know. I because well, the I, question is like how much of our love of other stuff is nostalgia, right? Like if this right. had been during the nostalgia period, would we have been like, oh, I'll paper over all the problems with it because it was important to me? I yeah, no, I think that's I that's a good point, and, and yeah, it, I think and I think that you know going back to like comparing like this and Troublemaker are the like interesting comparisons to me because they feel like the sort of bookends of the sort of rancid in the wilderness to me uh, like because yeah. yeah. you know like 2000 was amazing and then this came and and again I, I you know a lot of people i think really love this album and i really don't and but it's like it was the start of the decline and then f- to me like troublemaker I, like when you when i look at the trajectory from this to dominoes to honor it's just kind of brutal like yeah. it's it, it kind of it gets progressively worse to me and then and so i think i mean part of why troublemaker like shocked me so much is because it to me it's like easy it's at least as good as indestructible i personally think it's better but like it, it's like such a sharp return to i don't want to say return to form because it's not it's not but it's like it's it's, it's so much more palatable to me yeah, I mean, I and I still I think it's as clo- it's as like the best you can maybe hope for. I mean, we'll see. But anyway, yeah. so I, well, like, here's one here's one like made up like rock critic dichotomy that's you know trying to put things too simply. But like this is kind of where I, my head's at today. I think there's a lot to like musically on Indestructible. Yeah, I tend to be very frustrated by them. this. Is the beginning of me disliking their lyrics quite a bit. Yeah. The, on top of all the like, this is the travelogue of, oh, what was me? Right. Child bride left me. <laughs> right. And it's like, ugh, that's all awful and hard to just like, just put on and enjoy. And then um, I think of it indestructible as musically being 
kind of sound but not incredible you know there's some moments that are really great but like they were not trying to innovate they're kind of like i said the funny innovation they did is they went kind of let's try bouncing souls or bad religion or or swinging others like kind of not that innovative you know in the grand scheme but kind of innovative for their sound um but still just like kind of the street punky sort of sound they they do a lot of that but then their lyrics kind of came up another notch it felt a little bit more like let's just have fun let's stop trying to pose a little bit Uh less you know well this was the beginning of the like remember when we were cool yeah here and we're cool yeah there's (laughs) like yeah i mean this song straight off the bat has i mean it has like two things i hate lyrically the so it's the woes me shit yep and then it's also this yeah, like this posturing authenticity. Like, we're the authentic punks, man. Like, fake guns, fake bands, fake punk. I fuck off, really. Yeah. And I and you know, there's like a whole conversation to be had about authenticity and like I. That's yeah. like a word that is nails on chalkboard for me. The way that people talk about it, or that it's especially like when applied to something like this. But so it, like that. It's hard for me to separate the mu- like the two things because mu- like musically I think this song has some interesting thing like I love listening to Vic I think Vic is like kind of ripping on this which is cool um I like there's some like there's like some background vocal stuff that Matt and Lars are doing in places that almost have a like sort of simplified gospel feel to it in a way like I mean they can't sing go- but you know I mean, like they're like that's nice but I just, ugh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, I think I'm talking myself out of like the things. <laughs> well, to keep on the lyrical thing, it's just very empty. Yeah. It, it um, we can talk about it in a minute. Like it musically, there's sort of two things going on. Three mm-hmm. at the bridge, and the the verses is both musically and stylist like lyrically is very much like feels like a holdover from transplants yeah and we were just talking you know when we did red hot moon about like this weird incongruity of like just the sort of like this really like shallow reading of what a hip-hop lyric yeah. is where it's just boasting with no other underlying thing kind of right. bullshitty like very simplified almost like appropriated boasting um it's, uh, it doesn't even make that much sense around this. It's like it's like yeah, we know you're like, like at this point, like who needs to hear him talk about that? Like his like you know, he's this fuck up street kid. Like part of that, it like this doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't really mean anything. And then there's this sort of other kind of yeah, kind of rave upy, just you know, good, it's kind of Springsteen-y, like like right like chorus that is a. Just a you know a classic touring song and um and then all the but then all the verses about like what was me I'm just touring and it's sad and I'm drinking and and uh you know fucking ladies and whatever right. all that's oh, fine, yeah. but it's just like so like oh I hate the last verse so much oh my god <laughs> and, and do you think and do you think he's this is like some nod to the Kinks too because I feel like it has to be like. Just the Lola and Cola. I, I, don't, I mean, obviously it's an obvious, obvious rhyme, but it felt like a like oh, I'm yeah, yeah, the yeah. Case. That's interesting. Anyway, but just the part when it's like fired off her clothes and started rocket rolling. It's like, oh my god, dude. I mean, I don't, I don't care about him being like, hey, I, I, there's 
some hot lady in, on tour and she's right. fucked, you know, but like it's such a dumb. Right. I mean, I, I, I well, like stretching for the, the rhymes and all this stuff. You know? I don't, I don't want, I, I really don't have any interest in hearing Tim or Lars sing about like their sexual exploits. So that's, it, I, it's valid, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like totally valid. But even if they did, I would, I would, I would critique. If yeah, I was more into it. I would critique this lyric as being just really shitty and like the <laughs> right. It, no, it's it's not yeah. even like that clever shitty that he usually gets away with. It's just kind of like, <laughs> oh my god, dude! Like you, uh, yeah. Very... This is like it's like a, were these like lyrics you wrote when you were in high school and you you guys were like in the studio and you needed lyrics and you found your old notebook. Like it's so because it's so just. It dumb. feels like something like the kid watching like like the hair metal videos. Of, yeah. His vision of tour, you know, I don't know. It's probably more realistic right. than that version of tour, but uh, yeah, like I think tour songs are fine. I yeah. think when you get into a world where you're talking about we're still here, remember, you know, like I have a, I get so angry when Spirit of '87 comes on. And oh like, God! Like, there's yeah. a lot of that, right? Like, there's a lot of re- trying to recapture we're still here, we're still cool. Yeah, and. I think about um you know because this record's really tied to the death the very young now that you think about it death of joe strummer and you know joe strummer in his like hellcat period like was doing these like paul simon globalist weird drum and bass pop albums that were kind of <laughs> cheesy but incredibly fun right and like he wasn't you know spending a whole bunch of time saying remember he was just like yeah. getting more and more into new stuff including being friends with him but also like going and spinning weird you know drum and bass sets and things like that you know what i mean like he was not he i think that's a really playing, interesting backwards right like yeah he just it's just i don't know it frustrates me right like it just it kills me when i hear him um <laughs> like i'm already here to me this was already they're old and they're reliving it and they got nothing left to yeah. say Right, no, I think exactly. And then they did three more albums. Right. And I mean, and, and that, and that, um, sort of subject matter that like that became even more prevalent. Like it's like, I don't feel like it's is over the top on this album as it is on say dominoes or honor where that's like all those albums feel like to me. Like, I think there's, I mean, the album is called honor is all we know. I mean, it's such I, right. like a right. punk, like barely holding on. Right. Nobody to tell us, hey, maybe we think of that 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 name, you know, like. But but I think like the like all the roots of that are in are definitely on indestructible, and like this song is a perfect example. Well, I mean, there's other maybe better examples, but this is like it, it's it's right in there. And yeah, it's just it's just they they kind of ran out of. Sometimes they can tell a very similar story, but it's coming from a younger voice, and you're kind of like, oh, and then you learn from that. And right. like, and remember the time, and there's a nostalgia and a import that comes from that. That that this one is like, well, you're forty something, aren't you? Or you're got to be forty, or you're forty, 
Right. Uh, like, what do you? T- who? I don't know. And so, like, I don't. Oh, here's one thing. I had the, I opened the CD because I remembered that oh, right. Instructable has the little like messages from Tim. Oh right. Right. And so it says, here's what he says, and I'll see if I can read it. This is a touring song, and it's always been a big part of Rancid. Uh, that's a weird sentence. There's nothing like a highway to make you forget about life's trouble, uh, tragedies. As we write this, Rancid's in Wichita getting ready to play. It's 3.22 in the afternoon on Monday, June 23rd in room 122 at the Best Western. And I, I get that authenticity of, like, he's like, Okay, we gotta write the line notes on on road and everything, and like this is just an old school touring song. But man, old friend was an old school touring song. Yeah, too. Olympia is an Olympia old is an like, old, and those is are a, some of the best songs. Exactly. Like, so don't. I, I guess I shouldn't be too quick to say touring songs are bad, but you've proven you know how to write an artful, beautiful. Right song that has meaning that is above and beyond the thing of like just telling me what you did that day and like what happened at the casino while you waited to you know go on you know what i mean like it just not that that's literally but it has a vibe of that big time you know so this is kind of just hitting me here so part like comparing those sort of aspects of the tour so old friend and olympia are great example like and and we always joke about how Outcome of the Wolves is like their really emo record, um, but like so like those songs have this sort of very mm-hmm. real vulnerable like emotional core to them, like a pathos. Or something. Yeah, like uh, and this is, and this is just shallow. Yeah, as he- that's exactly right. And I think that's the difference. I mean, I think and when you th- you know when you think of that's what the part of their of rancid that i love is is that i like the best stuff or the stuff that i listen to the most has that vulnerable edge to it and i think and like i think this is where they started losing that and because it became more about world we're still here we're tough like you know we're still we're the real punks and that sort of um the emo aspect of it, if you will, like is sort of in very basic terms, like counter to that, you know, cause it's this yeah. is all this like tough guy posturing shit. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if this song, like, I think this song, if you, if it was written from that more, that other perspective and like, there was like, it didn't just feel like this, you know, whatever the hell it is like it could be a really good song like i think there's the there's elements there that it's like okay i think they're trying for that they just don't like like if you get away from the 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 verse you know looking at this again it's like i want to talk about the bridge in one second but the main chorus is like the time we made it to new orleans all that we were crazy mm-hmm. that part's really junk but tonight you're our blanket and you're going to keep us warm tonight protect us from the storm pretty bad lyric but it is you can see it's like reaching, a bad bob dylan ripoff but yeah 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 it's like it, you could see them reaching for that sort of like right touring is lonely you're you make all this worth it you know fans and friends and, and each other and all these things you can hear them pulling towards that it's just 
it doesn't get there and when all the rest of the verses are just there's completely lack any self-awareness or any of that stuff it just it's just so unearned i would say in their mind they probably thought they were writing a sequel sure. to olympia like, or right. old friend or whatever but they just it just does not come through and the core elements of the song do not reflect that yeah no and i think that's um i think that's kind of a general problem in my eyes with indestructible is it feels uh shit i don't remember what you just said <laughs> well it's definitely unearned and yeah yeah i mean it feels like they're reaching for something but like it feels very it all feels very forced forced and, and shallow and yeah and it's yeah it, it just i don't know and it I, I think it's one of the things that makes it really hard for me to connect with this album in any meaningful way but that's that's absolutely the flip to this which is over and over we've talked about how musically this album's got some of their best like they're very very tight this is the mm -hmm. read era you know like like to flip back and talk about what's good about this song i think if you're not paying a lot of attention this song comes on the reason it's like kind of on the list of everybody like oh yeah Indestructible's got Memphis on it. It's got, you know, mm -hmm. is that it does have a com pretty compelling, like, song structure. Yeah. And um, it is funny to me how much that opener is just purely transplant techniques because it's got that kind of very slow breakbeat mm -hmm. and kind of a little bit of, like, a synthesizer DJ scratch thing, like, mm -hmm. a motif going on. And then um, and then the rapping, you know, which, again, I, I, I'm still of the mindset that, like, if Tim just did transplants by himself, it might be fun. Right. Well, I was thinking too, when I was like listening to him do the, the verses thinking about like, man, if Tim would have just done the last verse on red hot moon, it would have been better. Oh, absolutely. Like, and I, I don't think that's a common feeling that like he is, he's not also the problem in the transplants, but I'm enough of a, like a fan of him kind of doing Mushmouth's goofy rap that like, <laughs> I would have been fine with like, if he just took, his things he was trying to do on transplants and did it himself with a little bit better like lyrical content and there's like one track out there that i can kind of point to where you're like this is what it could have sounded like uh we'll hit transplants at some point for sure because it's basically you know it's very rancid but um it does feel like that technique is coming in and then such a funny like incongruity like i'm actually pretty impressed they were able to make the verse and the chorus fit because the chorus feels like just lars and tim classic mm -hmm. right thing um the other thing that i do like the 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 moment where i think you're like wow this is you know like these guys in the studio it's pretty amazing vic is pretty amazing i mean very amazing yeah and the lyrics kind of come together is the bridge i do think the um the whole embrace the f uh falling when they have failed every road can leave you straight down to fucking hell uh i for some reason the way he sings it and the the little breakdown that's happening um and like the vic stuff on that bridge i feel like it finally hits that point of what he's trying to get of this sort of like cursed road warrior <laughs> you know what i mean like, like yeah and and i it's exactly my problem of like <laughs> i almost want to hear a like lyric list version of this which i think that's what most people hear when they listen to rancid album the first He's, times hmm. right like like is yeah you hear just the sounds and the harmonies and you're like 
I'm having a great time. And I think in a lot of ways, Indestructible, until it takes like very clear, like left or right turns into stuff you can't ignore, like. Uh, it does it pretty know. quick. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Fall Back Down like, is the second song on the album. Oh, uh, yeah, Fall I mean, Back hell, Down. And... Indestructible, the song, you know, I mean, it's all about. Uh, yeah, I don't know. To me. But it, Indestructible, you're not going to just, you're not going to dive into what it is. Oh, well, no. But, but the fall first time you're down, hearing it, right? Like, like fall back down, will. You yeah. But, like, start now, arrested to Chang High. There are these weird moments in this record that you can't ignore how off-kilter the, the topic choices are. Yeah. But, like, or the cheesy lyrics are. But, like, I do think if you listen to Indestructible kind of just as a casual fan, which is kind of what we were becoming of this record specifically, right? Because it was like, we're going to come back to it. We're going to see if right. there's anything here. Oh, this is really fun to listen to. Uh, there's some really great big cards. That's true. And then trying some stuff. And then and you then start you go, paying attention. Yeah. We go deeper <laughs> and you're like, okay, maybe I don't like that song that much. And right. you're like, okay, maybe I don't like that song. Yeah. And I, I was just like, cruising through this, this record trying to pick our song. And it was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I really can like back any of these. Songs <laughs> okay. Like their point of view. And I know it's, it's a real bummer because it's like I do think that this is rancid musically, not musically. I guess performatively. Like like, I bet if you put them on a stage right around this time, they really ripped. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, As, I think yeah, musically, yeah, yeah. "Life Won't Wait" is the one that really I would point to as like, wow, that's them right. trying all these things, right? But like, I bet this was they just felt like they were so in control, right? And the problem was they were losing, they were like living in LA and all this horrible stuff was happening and <laughs> and they were best friends with all these like hipsters and he was doing these like pink album was happening, you know, all this stuff and transplants and... Well, like, and you know, Whoa. I mean, it, and, and in that context, like them making this turn into we're still punks, we're still here, we're so yeah. authentic. I mean shit man they're trying to convince themselves as much as everybody else yeah. and so like they're like, all millionaires at this point right you know I mean? like, yeah i mean it's this you know i mean people always talk about it with you know the hip-hop thing like jay-z is a billionaire how's he gonna make an interesting like what the hell is he gonna which he, i think he basically said i'm i that's why i have to right. stop right <laughs> <laughs> it's and, like i'm a magnate you know like, yeah and i'm married to beyonce like fucking yeah, he's like, what is wrong I'm, with my i mean that's exactly sort of thing. But yeah well, yeah so like, he's like i'll go make you know moves in other ways and so that's I mean, but from rance's perspective i mean i think that's kind of a big part of this is the start of that journey i mean they were doing fine before this but i think this is where like it kind of there it exploded even bigger right i mean we talked about how this is like their highest charting record um you know and so you know these next three records that i like i was saying is kind of out in the wilderness i they're trying like you maybe it's, they're trying to figure out like how the fuck do we make punk records when we're millionaires and like i don't know maybe that's giving them too much credit because <laughs> no i think i think and you might even say that 2000 was also a similar but it was kind of on them on the ascension. Yeah. But still trying to be like, how do we keep ourselves interesting through all this stuff? Yeah. And in their mind, everything was going well. And they were kind of like, well, let's be more political then. Let's do like all these things. And um, there's also, I mean, we've talked about it a few times. There's also this thing that this record has really chopped up in its production cycle because they were trying to make a sequel to 2000, which you can still hear with some of the like out of control and Django and mm -hmm. these other ones. 
uh, it was going to be a pretty direct single, like sequel. And then Joe dies. He, his wife leaves him, uh, you know, all yeah. these things. He goes and holds up in the East Bay and like retracts and rewrites a bunch of stuff. And so like, you've got this. Yeah. I think I hear it too. Like, I feel like it is kind of a Frankenstein of a record. It doesn't feel like there's some throughput to it. No. It feels like you kind of jump around in tone and style. And I mean, if you've ever met anybody going like, fuck Tim in a lot of ways, but remove him as the human being. If you've ever met a human being going through like kind of traumatic life change right. periods, like divorce and death of friends and all these things, they're not going to be making the right decision. Like, like right. they're not operating at peak power. A lot of people are like, oh, that's where all you, you get your stuff. And it's like, that's kind of mostly bullshit. Right. It's usually in reflection and you know, time healing things that you actually get the real mm -hmm. art from trauma in the midst of trauma. You're rarely making good decisions or you're rarely all that deep. You right. are mostly jumping from adrenaline hit to adrenaline hit because you're yeah totally wrung out, you know, and I'm not saying boohoo Tim, but I'm saying like, I hear it on this record. This record feels off kilter to me. Yeah, I mean, no, I, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that's, um, versus like the acceptance of, of, my brain's been wanting to call, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, <laughs> the, the ninth, Branson Nine is Troublemaker. Called, see, my brain keeps wanting to call it Track Fast for some reason. <laughs> That's the first song. So, you the know. first song is yeah. T, but like, I don't know. Anyways, Trouble, Troublemaker, like, uh, that one feels like this kind of really honest, like, obviously kind of an acceptance record of like, yeah. Elder statesmen moving away from a lot of this bullshit, kind of getting in the groove. The like the peak is well behind versus like they're in the midst of it here. You know what I mean? Like the the sort of low stakes of Troublemaker is what makes it interesting. And I think right here they were like high stakes. People are going to be mad about the Warner distribution deal, the whole divorce things happening. Like everything's right. so heightened, right? And it does not shock me that most of these lyrics fucking suck. Right. Because, <laughs> like, you don't have time to, like, you know, like, and I wonder how much, like, certain be, bad elements of the other two are coming out, too. You know what I, mean? I, I mean, and to be fair, though, the lyrics for, like, Domino's are pretty terrible, too. Sure. That's, and, that, and that's six years later, so. It's true. I, I mean, but, you know, like, I I'm mean, trying yeah. to do the, like, wrap it all I up know. in a bow thing, <laughs> which is always a lot more simple than whatever the reality was. But, like. <laughs> But I do. I, there's probably some amount of that, at least in the way. Oh, I, no, that I there think was that's two records for sure inside of this record. I and think there was probably a very different indestructible before all that shit happened. I think that's yeah. I think that's I think that's spot on. And I, I yeah. And I totally agree that um, when you're in the midst of it, you yeah. You know, I mean, that's where you wish there was somebody to step in and be like, hey. You think you got it all worked out, but you don't. It's, yeah, it's, like everything takes time. Let's put this on the shelf for six months. And I understand, yeah. you you know, well, you're a working musician, right? You know, I mean, they were probably fine, but um, yeah, <laughs> especially but, you, you know, the bottom had quite like, fallen out in 2003. I would like the money from this. Well, <laughs> well, you know, and that's always, uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's. I always wonder about that. You know, it's yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. Like when you have this cash cow band, like. Yeah, We've heard multiple times. Brett kind of rallied them for this record. We, he he said, "Hey Tim, don't do that record as don't do um, Troublemaker as a EP, right? A solo EP. EP. Make it a rancid, yeah. Next rancid album, and like there is, and I'm not, 
I'm not mad at him at all. Right. But like, you know, if you're a big indie that's propped up by offspring, probably still, we're probably still spending that money. Like, uh, you have a rancid still on your, on your right thing. You're going to want, is like, if you're still a band, I'm going to want a few, every few years a rancid to boost some sales, you know, and, uh, I'm not mad about it at all, but it, it, you do wonder like, what are these voices in his head? We, we know that he takes advice from dumbasses quite a bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a whole episode. I wonder, it's like, who, who are, if anyone, the good influences yeah. on, uh, Tim and Lars. And, the, you know, there, like, can they be talked to? You know what I mean? After that much time. Well, right. I don't, probably. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, my hope is that maybe they've, figured some things out for themselves and it's thing you know troublemaker I, ever the optimist here granted troublemaker was five years ago it's been a hell of a five years so there's no fucking telling what is next um but um it, it felt like the questioning and trying to hang on to something that started with this record like they finally let go of all of that in 2017 not all of it, maybe, but like for the most part, you know, and and, like, and it realize does, it does feel like it's a different. It feels like it's feel the two different perspectives. I guess would be the simplest. Yeah, and so, um, but yeah, I don't know. I I tried to find a song that like I could talk really positively. I do agree that the bridge is great, and I think there's, I think that there could be a really good song here, but I think it's, you know, when I when I I'm looking at the track list again and most of my issues with indestructible are the lyrics oh yeah i mean like because you know like like a song like arrested in shanghai is to me batshit insane that they that's a rancid song like in a good in a good way though like i kind of dick but it like my only weapon is poetry or whatever the f like no that ruins like the whole thing yeah, um, yeah, no, that's it's the repeated thing. There's always like a really big, what's the most flying the ointment or whatever. Yeah, once you go like one level deep, I would say for people who are kind of listening along and familiar or not super familiar with this record or more familiar with not familiar with the band at all, I would listen to this record. Yeah, but keep it very cursory. Like sometimes we're like, yeah, you should keep listening to 2000 and Life of the Wind, right. Life of the Wolves. I would say this is one to kind of skip along the surface because then there's a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of because you know I think like life won't wait two. Th I mean that heyday, even even like let's go and the first album to a degree and Troublemaker has some of this. Like the more you listen to them and like really kind of dig into them, to me there's like you find more interesting stuff. Yeah, that's um, been our pattern so far. Yeah, but this record is is the opposite, and then the next two, I don't even fucking know. But like, yeah, who knows? Um, but this one, it's like the because what I, you know, however many months ago was, I think you texted me and you were like, "Shit, I think Indestructible is actually kind of okay." And I was like, "What? No, okay, I gotta listen to it." And then I like I put it on while I was cleaning the kitchen or some shit. I don't even know what I was doing. I was like. Oh man, this is kind of cool. But now that you're saying all this, like, yeah, I wasn't really paying attention to it. And so then yeah. I did that and thought, okay, I really got to give this album another chance and really dig into it. And the more I did that, I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so well, it just kind of wears away over time. The the novelty of new kind of high period, R period, right? It's like, yeah. At first, I sort of cut it off at the at the limb and said, 
that is not mine. That's right. not the good Absolutely ranch. Same. And really it's this like downward slope off the good ranch. And so there's a lot of still signifiers of good ranch. And they were yeah. trying really hard again to do out the rules, it felt like. And um it, it's kind of the most direct, like you could probably move two thousand out of the pattern and kind of go, here's the sort of arc, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Of from let's go to this and like it's pretty clean arc except it's the downward slope and so it has way more problems as you dig in than versus the upswing of right let's go into an out from the wolves where you're like wow this is really accomplished for what it is you know what i mean yeah and again i i really am curious how much of this is we forgive shitty lyrics that meant something to us when we were 13 sure. and none of these we heard when we were 13 right yeah no i think that's um but yeah we got we got to get like a I don't get know. one of those young people on. I know. Like, I mean, is this the? Well, you're a millennial, so. I'm an I'm an old millennial. So like a younger millennial, maybe. I need a young millennial. Because like Gen Z don't give two fucks no, about rancid. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but like young millennials, that yeah, is we need... their record for sure. So. Yeah. Well, hey, we tried. I'm sure. I mean, it's honestly, it's kind of one of the more interesting ones to talk about because it's so, exactly like this is a. Sometimes we talk about a song we love and we have to go somewhere else because it's like, yeah, good songs are good. You know what I mean? And right. it's like, I do want to make it clear. Like, I'll listen to the hell out of this song, but I, uh, yeah. yeah, I guess I'm just repeating myself. I'll listen to the hell yeah. out of the song in the background, but I ain't gonna like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so where where are we where are we going next? I will fully admit. Up until about 10 minutes ago, I had completely forgot it was my pick. I don't know, I don't know how or why. This has been a weird couple of weeks. It's been. Uh, luckily, I had something chambered that I've been like, kind of like, oh, when do I bring it in? I oh. love it so much. And I keep like oh. loving it more. Oh. And so I'm just going to. Um, We're going to talk about honor is all we know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It would be wild if like one day we're like, honor is all we know is amazing. Um, <laughs> I mean, if that happens, I'm quitting the podcast. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so we are going to return to the the off talked about Rancid 2000, and I would love to talk about the Ripper. That is Young Al Capone. Oh, nice. Yes. Okay. It's like gonna be in my head now. Yeah. Talk about like here's here's a pre-read. Here's like a pre-question that we can come back with. Does any song hit the gospel thing harder than that song in their entire discography? Hmm. Okay. Got a week to think about it. And this is good too. I feel like we, I mean, I feel like we do Tim songs way more than we do Lars songs. Yeah, for sure. So it's good to get a Lars song in here. Man, yeah, this is like a down the line great Lars song. Oh, this is like, yeah, this is peak Lars. <laughs> Yeah, for sure this is great so, awesome. um yeah so we'll do that next week awesome all right uh everybody thanks for listening if you love indestructible holler at us on twitter or instagram at rancid pod and we will what was the question for next week is there a more yeah is this like the peak of their gospel thing or am i just do i okay is this we'll get into it next week um, all right. See you then. Ah, oh, not then. See you in the pit. Fuck. In the pit. Fuck. See you soon. <laughs> Later. <laughs>
I feel like so all good, of Lars' songs on 2000, if he tried to sing them night after night, he would just shred his exactly. vocal cords. 